Hello! Hey! All games today. Not that kind of games. Oh, what kind of games? It's daylight savings. Oh, good. Because it's an hour. Yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> Whew. <sighs> I hope you enjoyed your extra hour of sleep. I did. Good. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. We encourage you to take your first step into this life-giving lo local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.15 and 10.45 on Sundays. We would love to meet you. In fact, let us know you're out there. Press like, leave a comment, send a prayer, smash that like button as I like to say, do it or send a prayer request. Ooh, <laughs> Let's talk about November 20th. In just a few weeks, okay. we cannot meet in our normal spaces here at Mayo High. No! Can't do it. Oh! <laughs> so we have decided that this is a great time to be, be creative and be the church, and we love it. Okay, I will accept that compromise. We will be building a box. Yes, you heard that correctly, not a bag. We will be building care boxes for those who need some help during this holiday season. We're excited to help assist the Gage Apartment community together for good families and your family. Oh, and your friends. Yes. And your family. Why not? Friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> and we need your help. Please nominate a family in need today. Also, we'd love for you to sign up to donate some of the items that we will be including in the boxes. You can find the appropriate links to participate in the Echo email you received today. Yes. And lastly, would you get behind us financially as we echo Jesus in Rochester and the surrounding area? The easiest way to give is to head to our website or text any amount to 84321. That's right. Enjoy Echo Online service. Yep. Gains. Get, get those gains. Get those gains. <laughs> I can't get any more gains. I saw Satan fall I lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over my name.
praise to the one who saved my life. All praise to Jesus Christ, my King of heaven, my King forever. Echo Church, in a posture of worship this morning, can we just simply surrender our hands towards heaven? And I know some of you are like, you know, for the Enneagram 8s, you're like, don't tell me what to do. You're not doing this for me. You're doing this for the creator of heaven and earth, for the healer, for the God who saved you and I. So in a posture of worship, Jesus, God, with our hands surrendered high, God, we position ourselves in the most humble attribute to you, God. God, some of us walk in here and we are not healed. Some of us walk in here and we are anxious. Some of us walk in here and we are broken. Some of us walk in here with marriage in shambles, God. God, as 1 Peter states, God, we present ourselves to you in the most humble attribute, in a posture of worship, in a posture of praise to you, God. Our posture will determine our position. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. God, this morning we fight with our hands surrendered towards you. God, we do not stand here with our hands at our sides, but an act of surrender and a call to victory in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for the work that you're gonna do today, the work that you are doing in our lives. God, we give all the praise and all the glory and all the honor back to your name this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise in this place. God, you are worthy. this back-to-school of leadership sermon series? <laughs> Ten of you. I'm loving it. I love leadership stuff. I am the queen of listening to podcasts, reading books, having conversations. I believe that God is calling all of us to be leaders and students. Amen? We are in our seventh week. Can you believe it? Seven weeks of this series. So we have been unpacking things like character, really lighthearted ones like self-control, and last week, we got to, or two weeks ago, we got to hear from Carrie Garcia. Did you guys like Carrie? With mundane lifestyle, worshiping God and serving him in the mundane. Today, we are going to talk about something called limits. Limits. This has been a word for me over the past few years of learning what healthy limits are. I believe God calls us all to know our limits and to push our limits. And so if you're like me, sometimes when we're pushing our limits, some crazy things happen. And so as I was reflecting and preparing for this message, I was thinking about what does Christy's life look like when I'm pushing the limits in an unhealthy way? So I thought I would share a humble thyself story with you. Are you ready? Here we go. Two years ago, I received, an, I went to the mailbox, I received mail, I was excited, you know, we all go to the mail every day, grab my mail and I see a letter from Quick Trip. 
So I just like to pause right now. Have any of you, by a raise of hands, ever received a letter from Quick Trip? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's weird. Quick Trip's sending me a letter. First, I thought it was junk mail. Sure wasn't. Opened her up, and it said that I had pumped some gas, and I did not pay. <laughs> Has anyone ever pumped some gas and did not pay? Well, I did. That was two years ago. We were in a very busy season, personally, in our family, with Echo. And it was when we were regathering as a church after five, year, or five months of being online only. And I was definitely overworking, not sleeping enough. My mind was on to the next thing. And that's when I typically see when I'm pushing my limits in a healthy way where weird things happen, like me not paying for gas on West Circle Drive. Super embarrassing. Super embarrassing. And so there's been other times where I push my limits. You see this suitcase here that I purchased. It's pink. We have three girls, so it saves me. This luggage, I never use, guys. I bought it. I thought I was going to use it. Why don't I use it? Because it's small carry-on. I use the big guy. So Andy Cass, being frugal, my husband, tends to use this guy when we travel. And I laugh because I have, like, the black big one. And he has the pale pink really ridiculously small one. And so what, why do I share this? Is because for me, I tend to overpack. Any overpackers in the room? We need all the things. We need the options. I like options. I like shoes. I like to have a diffuser in my room. Andy doesn't think that's necessary. I'm serious. Essential oils are important when we travel. I like to bring books that I'm not going to read because I'm on vacation. I like to pack luggage with lots of cosmetics and toiletries, and I tend to overpack. And so one thing that I am learning is that I should learn my limits and weigh the thing before I get to the airport where it's super embarrassing and we're in an argument at Delta where I'm tr throwing things in the garbage that have value and Andy's scolding me and I'm scolding him and it's not pretty, guys, and I end up wearing four outfits because I don't have room. And Lizzie Lasea is here, and we have definitely traveled for work, and we have definitely worn like three shirts each because we maybe shopped on the trip. So why do I share this with you? Yes, it's lighthearted, but I want to challenge you today, and I want you to have the next half hour where you can evaluate your life, seeing where your limits are, knowing your limits, and even just doing some self-reflection. Self-reflection is good for the soul. Amen. All right, so what are we going to do? We're going to look at some scripture because this Bible here is packed with some goodness. So I would love it for those of you that have your Bible, go to the front, Exodus, beginning of the Bible, and you're going to go to chapter 18. If you have the app, get that app out, okay? So we're looking at Exodus 18. Give you some context. We're going to be reading about a guy named Moses, okay? So I think a lot of us have heard about Moses. Moses is the guy with a crazy past, He's murdered some people. He has struggled. He has overcome. And so they're in this desert, and he's just crossed the Red Sea, and now he's in the desert with all these people that are following his lead. And one thing I want you to know about Moses is that he's been doing it alone. So he is leading these people. He's tired. Not only is he doing it alone, but he sent his wife and his kids away so he could focus on work. So maybe we're not in a desert right now, living by the Red Sea, but maybe we can look at our lives and go, okay, sometimes I tend to push my family away when I am stressed. Just me? Saying, kids, get out. This morning I was practicing for the message, and I had the door locked, and they were still knocking and knocking and knocking. I love you, Zakaya Nova. 
So here we are. We're going to read some Exodus here, okay? So Exodus 18, and we're going to jump to verse 17. I'm going to read 17 through 23. So Moses' father-in-law, here's what's been going on. He's heard of all the things that Moses is doing, and he has a word for him, okay? His name is Jethro. So Jethro arrives on the scene, and this is where I'm going to jump in. So he's, the father-in-law says, this is no way to go about it, Moses. You will burn out. And the people right along with you, this is way too much for you. You cannot do this alone. Now listen to me. Tell, let me tell you how to do this so that God will be with you in this. So he's not, yes, he's saying this is wrong, but he has a plan. Be there for the people before God and let the matters of concern be presented to God. Your job is to teach the rules and the instructions and to show them how to live and what to do. So he's telling him to practice what he's learned and to include them in it. Then you need to keep a sharp eye for the competent man, men who fear God, men of integrity, and men who are incorruptible. Appoint them as leaders over groups organized by the thousand, by the hundred, by fifty, and by ten. So what he's saying is he's building an org chart, guys, organizational leadership 101, okay? So he's saying don't do this alone. You need to figure out in this crowd who you trust. You need to train them. You need to take things off your shoulders and let them share this pressure, let them share the workload, and then you're going to work alongside them. You're going to appoint them as leaders. They will be responsible for the everyday work of judging among the people, and they will bring the hard cases to you. So they will help decide what needs to be brought to Moses' attention. But the routine cases, they will be judges. They will share your load, and they will make it easier for you. I'm going to say that again. They will share your load, and they will make it easier for you. If you handle the work this way, you will have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you, and the people in their settings will flourish too. So what Jethro is saying, if you follow this process, this plan, you're going to last longer. And if I've learned anything over the years, Christy Cass does not go as far when I'm flying solo and doing it on my own. You see, they were in the desert, but God was leading them in this season to the promised land as long as they followed his steps. There was purpose for Moses in this desert season where he was tired and worn out. And why do we talk about this is because I think we can learn a lot from this context of scripture today. I think God is trying to speak to us and show us what it looks like to know our limits and to push our limits. What I love is if you jump ahead in the scripture, is, and I'm just going to end with this part, is Moses listened to Jethro. So he listened to his father-in-law. He took the counsel. He took the advice, and he applied it. And God provided amazing things for them if you continue to read. You see, when we look at Moses in this context, I like to look at it as sometimes when we're going through a situation or hardship or you're in a valley or you're just in a hard season, I think it's really easy for us to get stuck on what's right in front of us. And we don't see ahead. You see, God was speaking to Jethro, looking almost like he could see the whole thing. And he was speaking life and saying, follow this. And so to, today, what I want to do is I want to look at Moses and ask the question, what can we learn from this story? What can we learn from him? You see, he had short-sighted limits. I think Moses, at that moment when Jethro arrived, I think Moses was probably listening to the lie of the enemy saying, you are not a leader. You're not good enough. You're failing. I think he could easily be thinking about the things that he had struggled with, murdering people, where he had failed, when they had been starving. 
You see, if I look at Moses today, I can learn from him. And I think what I, where I'm encouraged is that we, as people, can look at our shortcomings, but God's calling you to be a leader today. God's calling you to lead in the context of stepping out of your comfort zone to push the limits. In Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, it says, God's plans and calling are irrevocable. What does irrevocable mean? It means it cannot be taken away. And let's be real. A lot of times I treat my life or I treat other people like that's irrevocable or they've wronged me or I'm hurt or I'm looking at the short-sighted things. God wants us to not only look at our impact that we can make, but to stop downplaying the impact that you can make. Stop looking at your past failures or even you're looking at your family origin or you're looking at what you're lacking or what you don't have. What, it, what would our life look like if we were willing to be wrong? To push past the voices or the dialogue in your head. To say them out loud. To start looking at the possibilities. You see, I believe possibilities are not problems, that they are something that God is taking as a possibility and saying, Christy, what if you did this? And even just speaking that out. Second thing I think Moses easily could have looked at or felt and just observation is that he was living a life like people were a burden. The enemy wants us to do it alone. Maybe that's how you've grown up. Maybe you've had situations where people have broken your trust or you've been hurt and your circle just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You see, Moses needed his father-in-law to step in. He not only let him step in, he gave him permission to speak into his life. Who in your life has permission to speak into it? When's the last time you had maybe an uncomfortable conversation? And this can be work-related, where you have a boss. This can be a pastor. This can be a friend. This can be your significant other. This can be a mentor. Even right now, think of the people in your life whose voice matters, where they can speak truth to you. You see, Moses had sent his family away. And now, I have not physically sent my family far away from me, but in the day in and day out, I know that I can struggle with compartmentalizing the zones. Like, I'm in work mode, I'm in cleaning the house mode, I'm in all the, like, I just like to separate, and I like to get laser focused, but God is saying, what if you include them in on this? One of the most rewarding things for us is our church, we planted this church three years ago, which is just wild. And three years ago, Andy and I said, we're not doing this for us, we're doing this for our kids. And we've included them in on the church planting journey. And it's been one of the most beautiful things to allow them to walk alongside and run alongside us. So who in your life are you being called to invest in? Who in your life have you felt led to ask to invest in you. And sometimes it's just powerful words saying, I appreciate the words that you have. What, do you, what insight do you have when you look at this? Lastly, I think Moses had some struggles in that moment where his father-in-law arrived at the perfect timing, where he was saying, I can't. I can't anymore. Right before that chapter, he was physically, his arms were being held up by two of his friends, Aaron and her. And when I look at that, he was struggling and he felt incompetent. He didn't feel ready. He was making excuses of why it all had to be on him. And I'm here today to say stop sabotaging the impact or stop sabotaging your impact with a can't and a won't. I want you today to replace it with I will try. 
and I will seek advice. God doesn't want us to live a life of excuses. Today is a day where we can start looking and acting and living like a leader. Don't allow yourself to tell, tell, don't listen to the lie that you are just to be a follower. Following is super important, but who are you leading behind you? What legacy are you leaving? Henry Nouwen says, you don't think your way into a new kind of living, but you live your way into a new kind of thinking. And I love that. I'm going to say it again. You don't think your way into a new kind of living, but you live your way into a new kind of thinking. Our mind is powerful. And I know for me, when I've had the big crazy thoughts, or I want to isolate, or I want to quit, the biggest thing that I can do is get it out of my head and speak it out and give someone permission to say it the opposite things or to get prayer or to give it to God and say, I need you. God in this season is asking us to expand our ground, to expand our stakes. So Oregon Trail, anyone play Oregon Trail? I'm saying it right this hour, Oregon, because I have a Minnesota accent. I say Oregon. Does anyone say Oregon or is it just, thank you? See, it's not just me. It's not an I. Okay, okay, but I got corrected last hour, Oregon Trail. And I used to play that, you know, on the old Macs in elementary school. And what I love about that is I just think about people looking and searching for new territory. And yes, we are here. It's Rochester in 2022, y'all. And we don't need to put a stake in the ground to claim some land, but it would be pretty fun, wouldn't it? Be intense. But I believe that, God, if you've put a stake in the ground, and I know for me, there's been seasons where I put a stake in the ground and I say, this is, this is where I am, this is where I'm landing, and I'm not going any further. And it's quite dramatic, if I'm being real here. But I think that God is trying to expand our stakes. He's trying to expand your grounds. What do I mean by that? When's the last time you lived a life of uncomfort? When's the last time you had to rely on God the entire day? Not just to throw a quick prayer out, like, hey, God, love you, you're awesome. But when's the last time that you were pushing your limits so much that you needed him? That you gave him permission to speak truth and life into you? You see, I'm in my 40s now. It's a good, good decade. I'm, I'm embracing it, choosing to embrace it. But you see, for almost 20 years I've done hair. So I'm a hairstylist. I opened a salon uh, 12 years ago now, which is just crazy. And why am I bringing this up? Because for over a decade of me doing hair, I got in a, a season, a system, a routine where like, this is my thing. This is what I do. You know, when I started cutting hair, it was like super scary and it would take me two hours to cut a guy's hair. Like no joke, Andy's first haircut took over two hours. But then, you know, fast forward over a decade, it was my thing. I was really confident in it. I like could take care of my clients, have a really great day. Yes, be tired at the end of the day, but like, it's like, I'm in my sweet spot. I'm in like, I'm in, like, I'm using my gifts. This is not a lot of resistance, you know? Very rare where I'd have a day where I was like, oh my word, what happened? Well, flashback four years ago when we decided we were going to start the church, I really felt God whisper to me in my heart and say, Christy, it's time for you to step out of your comfort zone. It's time for you to lean on me. You know, I, even being up here today, a lot of you know I am not like trained for this. Like if I'm gonna write a book, it's gonna be, I didn't go to school for this, okay? But I am here because I'm being obedient. I'm here because God's called me to push my limits, to get out of my comfort zone, to reorg my day, reorg my week where I am in the word and I'm listening and I'm writing and I'm sharing. And I'm here today not to talk about myself, but to ask you, when is the last time you tried something that was hard? 
When is the last time that you felt resistance? You know, I joked this week, I was thinking about this, and any bicyclers in here, anyone like to ride bike? Yeah, I, I like the, the low wave. Um, so I, I like to ride bike on pavement. I'd say like is a strong word. I will do it for the family bike ride for ice cream, okay? I don't like it. But when I think about biking, the way I bike, I go on, you know, like an 18-speed where I only use two speeds because I think all of those speeds are just a joke. Like, why are they there? And we're on the bike, and we're on pavement, and we're in town, and I love my brakes, and I love being in control, and I love, like, coasting where you can, like, pedal fast and then just coast. That's, like, the best, right? Well, Andy Cass has a different idea of biking, and he likes roots, in the ground and like dirt and windy things and he goes down flights of stairs and I don't, I don't even go with him because I know I will be stressed. We're just praising Jesus, he wears a helmet now. But why do I bring this up? Is because I believe that God is calling us to be the people that are on the bike where you're clicking your feet into those, those stupid shoes and putting them on the pedals where it's a death trap, I think. Anyone wear the clicker, clicker shoes? That, that just scares me. But God's calling us to climb that mountain. God's calling us to ride in packs with people. I know for me, I can go so much further when people are joining with me. So who is in front of you? Who's cheering you on? Whose voice do you hear? Who are you giving permission to lead you? And who's behind you? You know, I think about my kids behind me watching mom freak out. Not at my finest moments. But I'm called to show them that we do hard things. So whatever your hard thing is, push that. But not only are we called to push our limits, we're called to know our limits. There's a fine line. You see, pushing your limits will push your locus of peace and your balance. Sometimes we miss it. So pay attention. But we need to do one thing if we're going to push our limits, and that is define your natural limits. And these are three things I want to focus on. So defining your natural limits. Like I bring this luggage out. Pretend, you know, we're traveling I cannot add things to this suitcase. This is an outer shell, but it's, you know, chuck full. And so in order for me to push my limits, I need to be able to be preparing on what I'm putting in instead of what I am taking out. Gifts. We all have them. What are the gifts that God's given you? What leadership ability do you have that maybe someone next to you doesn't have? And then not only that is your inability or the thing that you don't have provides someone else to step in. Your inability requires someone else's ability, a reminder that you need people and that people need you. The power of all of us coming together at the table and it's simply saying, God, use me as your will. Energy. We only have so much energy, whether this is physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, where is your energy right now? How are you using your limited time and efforts? Do you have time at the end of the day to tuck your kids in at night? Do you have time at the end of a work week where you can have energy to spend quality time with those that you love? Do you have energy for the things that matter? Are you blocking out time to spend on the things that you maybe have a goal or God's called you to? A couple years ago, I was in an office with my therapist, Dr. Tim, we'll call him. And Dr. Tim said something to me, and we, he had said, Christy, lay out your week for me. Like, give me the day in and day out, like, from start to finish. And so I go through my whole week, and I'm explaining it in thorough detail. And he looks at me, and he's like, you know, 
What if you gave your clients, this is when I was doing hair full time, what if you gave your clients 90% instead of 100? And I'm an Enneagram three and I'm like, what? I'm gonna give my 100%. Like I'm not gonna give half, I'm gonna give all. And what he was getting to is that my tendency, and I don't know if this speaks to you, is that we can give everything to everyone and we don't have any reserve for those that matter the most. And so what he was trying to tell me is like consciously during the day, do your, give it your all, be, you know, like focus, but it's even if a client's processing, step away, take a break to eat a meal, block out time to, we're at dinner time if I'm working a long shift to eat with my family, have a reserve to tuck the kids in at night and answer the questions and read the stories and pray and get the ice water and do all the things. But it's that percent rule, and that has st stuck with me, and Andy and I like to remind each other in ways, sometimes just, do you have percent left? Do you have 10% left? And so for me, it's such a practical way for me to have energy for those that I love. Third is time. We only have so much time. There's seven days in a week, 24-hour days. I wish we could add time, but that's not the point. It's about us knowing our limits in the week with what we have. There's a book that I love called At Your Best by Carrie Newhoff. Great read if you're wanting to really do a deep dive on even just what you prioritize and what you don't. And it says this, when you do what you're best at, when you're at your best, in the best conditions you can create, your work comes alive and so do you. Why do I read that? Is because you actually have time. Christy Pet Peeve is when I ask someone to do something like my children, or I'm talking to someone, or we're having a conversation, I'm like, yeah, we should do that. And they're like, yeah, I just don't have time. And I have been guilty of this, but in this past season, I have been rephrasing. I'll even pause and correct myself and say, no, I didn't make time. Because bottom line is, it's about us making time for the things that matter, right? And so at our best, when are you best in your day? Is it in the morning? Anyone early risers? Is it that midday? Is it the late night? It's identifying this is my sweet spot and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, if you're working, it's like I'm going to get the high priority items in this day. Or for me, it's writing out top three priorities of every day and, and then the other things I will get to. But it's identifying those things. At my best, it's scheduling the things that are priorities. And I want to say this, schedule the people in your life that are priorities. Because we will get hijacked. Our life gets hijacked. I can go weeks, months where I'm like, whoa. I have not been on a date with my husband in this many weeks, or I haven't had a, uh, made a family meal where we're sitting around the table in over a week because I didn't schedule it. And so I challenge you, schedule the things that matter. Fill the calendars up. We fill it with all these other things. And I don't know, like I've been in that moment where I could be talking to Scott and Jamie. They're like, let's get dinner. Yeah, let's get dinner. We open up our app, we're checking, and I can have blank days that I know are for family. And I've even learned this from Scott and Jamie, just honoring them. And they'll say, you know what? We actually have family dinner, so we can't do something this night. But it's blocking that because if I don't block it, my schedule gets full. And so just taking control of your schedule. Decide how you're going to spend your time before others decide it for you. So these three main items that I just talked about, gifts, energy, and time, they translate into three categories in your life that I want you to evaluate. And I want you to ask, how are you doing in these three categories? Your spiritual life, your relational life, and your labor in life. And when I say that, I'd say your kingdom purpose. 
So your spiritual life, what does that look like? Do you have room in your luggage for Jesus? Do you have room in your luggage for church, for friends in the faith community, for a table group? You see, because I'm an overpacker, let's open her up. Get ready. Oh, stressful. So the way I pack, here's a confession, is I overpack so much I don't even have room for my Bible. I'm dead serious. I have said to Andy way too many times where he's like, I actually confessed it to him recently. I said, there's a lot of times I have the Bible in my luggage and I take it out because I can have it on my app so I can bring another pair of shoes. Judge me. <laughs> do we need a physical Bible? No, but I, I'm old school. I love my physical Bible. But do you have room in your life for your spiritual life? Are you prioritizing it? Are you nurturing it? Are you setting time aside to grow in your faith? Are you blocking out a Sunday? Are you blocking out an evening in the week to hang out with people? Because today is about us allowing God to define our limits, not you. If Christy Cass is defining the limits for my own life, it's, it's not good. Because I have gone so much further with him. Secondly, relationally, who are you doing life with? Are they pushing you? Are they good influence on you? You know, we have space for truly like three to five close friends. Who are those people in your life? And they say we have, a, we have space for 150 people in our life that we're like casually doing life with. Are you letting people in relationally? Who do you value? When's the last time you told them you, you valued them and you reached out to them? And then your purpose. Are you developing your gifts? Is God calling you to grow in an area, to be a student, I'm a huge book reader. I love podcasts. I love growing and listening to leadership trainings. And I'm constantly having conversations and making phone calls and scheduling it with other leaders and pastors who are ahead of me, like teach me what to do. But God is calling us to redefine these because if one area is growing, another area is shrinking. So even if you look at relational, spiritual, and your kingdom purpose as three circles, what needs to shrink in order to make room for another? See, I can't grow this luggage. I can't go buy another suitcase. Well, I shouldn't, but I could. But God is asking me to evaluate what I'm carrying around with me. So today, if you walk away with one question I want you to write down, I want you to write down, what did I profit? And so every day, Ask yourself the question, what did I profit today? You know, we can break that down in a lot of categories, but I like the, the simple application of just going, okay, am I profiting just financial gain? Money? You know, I'm in a career where I can look at the dollar sign at the end of the day, and some days I've looked and I can give you that dollar number and that's all I've gained. And I'm not proud of it. Are you chasing only money? Are you chasing just that next thing that you want to buy? Are you profiting just things? Are you filling your home up with stuff that you're going to donate in a year? Are you buying too many clothes? Are, is it just materials? Time fillers. Are you just profiting time fillers? Are you just scrolling your phone instead of chasing that dream that God's given you? If you want to get really like humble, just look at your phone and see how much you're on it in a day because that's, that's a really good mirror in the moment observation that I do not like. 
So sometimes, like Andy talked about last week with self-control, it's setting time limits on your phone. Your body, what did you profit with your body? Are you taking care of it? Are you hydrating it? Are you going on walks? Are you exercising? Are you nourishing your body? I even think of the spiritual side of our body. What are you, what are you watching? How is it impacting you? Do you need to delete apps off your phone? Do you need to have accountability? What did you profit as a student? When's the last time you, you learned something or tried a new skill or took a class? Relationships, what did you profit? And then church, what did you profit in your faith community? Because we are to be people where we profit what matters most. And today is about me inspiring you, hopefully, to walk away saying, I'm inspired, I want to profit the things that God's calling me to. And not only what are you profiting, but what are you losing? Because that's, sometimes if I get, if I struggle with that evaluation, I have to just say, okay, what did I lose today? What did I miss out on? And sometimes it's my kids telling me, mom, you haven't looked at me. Mom, put your phone down. Mom, can you sit down with me? Mom, can you cuddle me? You know, and give people permission to speak into your life. You see, winning at work while losing at home means you're losing. Make room for the things that you are passionate about. Make room for the things that you were passionate about that maybe you've let lay dormant. God's calling us to push the limits today, but not only push limits, but to set margins in our life. And so this isn't about do more, be more, but it's about making margin. And I love this quote out of the lead book that we've been reading. It says, margin in family creates memories and in personal finances creates generosity. Are you overspending? Margin in our friendships creates significance and in our lives overall creates options. Options to pursue dreams, options to think, options to pray, options to process, options to grow, and ultimately live and lead more fully. You see, margin is space. Margin is the leftovers in your day, the best leftovers. Margin is extra. And in conclusion, I would just love it if you just stand with me and I just wanna pray over you today. For focal reasons, you can close your eyes. And I just want you to think where you are at. Be present, take a deep breath. This isn't to be hard on yourself. This is not, my goal is to not leave you defeated, but to leave you encouraged, to leave you inspired on pursuing the things and the people that matter most, to set those parameters, to not let your schedule get hijacked, to make margins that are important. But I just want to say this, you know, there's a line that we hear over and over that when we get to heaven, I know for me, I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. What does that mean? It means, Christy, you did a great job. You lived a full life. You loved people. You led them. You served me all the days of your life. But God, what I don't want to hear from God it is, well done, thy good and faithful margin maker. Push your limits, but know your limits. Let's be people who make things happen. Let's be people who push past our own comfort, our short-sighted view of life. 
God, we just come to you today and I just lift up every single person in this space, God. Thank you for the reminder that we are not to do this alone, God. And I just pray for their shoulders to be lifted today, God, that they can physically feel that you are taking things off their load, God, that you are reevaluating their life alongside them, God. And I just pray for the reorder. God, I pray for you to be able to shrink the things that are supposed to be shrunk and grow the things that are supposed to grow, God. I just pray for the sense of urgency for us to schedule the things that matter, to make things a priority again. God, use every single person in this room. Give them a fresh start. Give them a new beginning, God. Equip them. God, I pray for healing to take place if it's needing to grow in trust, if they need to tend to situations that have maybe harmed them or hurt them or made them feel like they're held back, God. And I just pray for today to be a day of renewal and revision, God. We just give you today, we give you this moment in your name.
are the same God, you are the same God, you answered prayers back then, and you will answer now, you are the same God, you are the same God, you were providing then, you are providing now, you are the that really stuck to me today when I think of Pastor Christie's message. I don't know if you guys heard this. I just want to repeat this one idea that just, just really challenging to me, which was if you're winning at work and you're losing at home, you're losing. Now we need to be providers and we need to take care of our families and that is a responsibility and I don't, I don't shy away from that part of it, but man, the idea of winning in one place but losing in the most important place means you're losing. 
And the other thing that she said that really resonated with me was the idea that we go further together. You know, I just want to say this. I think accountability and friendships just go super far in helping you get to where you want to get to. Or maybe better yet, get to where you need to get to. Creating a little bit of accountability. I have two accountability like groups that I talk to. One is when I ride my bike and I do like an incredible ride, I send pictures to a couple guys like, hey, what's up? Bar set. Like try to beat this kind of idea. Just because it motivates me a little bit, a little competition. And the other place is uh, I'm reading the New Testament with about a dozen guys. Reading it now till the end of the year. And it's just nice to know, even when you're not talking, even if you haven't said anything, and our group is just a text thread, just that you're doing it together. There's just something about doing things together. It creates accountability. It creates these incredible things. And I just, I'm super encouraged by that. Um, I would like to do something. Can we celebrate Pastor Christy for just bringing an incredible word today? Come on. I love that she doesn't feel 100% confident because, man, when she's up here, she kills it, right? But she did a really good job today. Now, Echo, one of the things we do every single week is we say a prayer together. This is just a prayer of surrender, a prayer of letting go, a prayer as a reminder that we cannot do it ourselves. So let's take a second and let's be reminded that it's not on us to keep control of everything. Let's say this prayer together. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate those that said it for the first time, for the first time in a long time. And let's give it up for those that are brand new at Echo this morning. We are so glad you're here.